Okay, folks, and welcome to another episode of Podcraft. This is the show all about podcasting, from launching your show to monetization and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray, joined by Matthew McLean. As always, how are you doing, Matthew? Good morning. Uh, dramatic morning for us here at the podcast Indeed. host towers. Uh, fire <laughs> alarm going off. <laughs> so it forced us out to the comfortable confines of uh, the local uh, coffee house. Yeah. It? Go and do some planning there instead. A couple of hipsters sitting there with our laptops. Aye, so. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode is continuing our series on highly produced podcasting. This time around, we're talking about scripting and planning. Uh, if you haven't been following along so far, our first episode was around really the kind of the whole concept of highly produced podcasting, wasn't it? Yeah. And then the second episode was feed it, feed it to me, feed it to me. What was it? What was the second episode? <laughs> uh, structure. I, I structure totally can't remember it. Yeah, structure. That was it. Yeah. So the the different kinds of ways you could make a highly produced podcast. Yeah. So this time we're on to actually planning out an episode and uh, scripting it out. So before we jump into that, I'll say today's episode is sponsored by Audioblocks, uh, which is a subscription service, gives you access to sound effects, music and loops to polish up your show. You can check them out at audioblocks.com forward slash podcraft. And I'll talk a bit more about what they do later. But let's jump straight into the content. We've got planning first. So we're talking about planning and scripting, but planning is always the first uh, element of that, isn't it? Are we talking, is this planning an episode or planning the whole series or a bit of both? Bit of both, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. you've got your your series plan, but your individual episodes have their purpose as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. what is the aim essentially of both? Yeah, yeah, totally. Aye, because it, it's funny, isn't it? It's the bit a lot of people miss out. Like, what's the actual purpose of this episode? What is the point of this episode? Yeah, what's the point of this show? Um, and having uh, some kind of, uh, you know, to be able to tell the listener at the start of the episode what is going to happen and then what they're going to achieve by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I suppose, particularly with highly produced podcasting, it's like, what what is the aim of putting the extra work into the, the production? Yeah. What, do you have any examples of that from the past? Examples of? Of, how, of like a particular aim. Like, well, for example... The so the Converge show we're working on just now. So we're working on a show for Converge Challenge that's highly produced. The reason it's highly produced is because the aim for that is to get people to sign up for their um, their training program. So they run training programs all free. So it's not even selling a product, but the aim of it is to get people to sign up. And so the aim of that show is really uh, to, to to get that sign up. But the aim of doing a highly produced show there is to really showcase all the different varieties of people that go through it, the different types of training. And that's why we're bringing in four or five different interviews, weaving it all into a narrative. It's it's much better than, you know, just talking to one person and hearing their experience. We're hearing four or five different people's experience and that makes it worthwhile doing the highly produced show uh, format, I think, because of that aim. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think as well, so it, from a content point of view, you've got like, well, we did the UK business startup show yeah, yeah. a year or two ago. Yeah. Um, its aim was to help get you set up in your own business. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. each episode had a name. Yeah, yeah. Know, so it broke it down. An individual so one, yeah. You were, you were getting through each stage. Yes. Um, which ultimately led to the sort of wider achievement too. Yeah, so yeah. we knew that all of those episodes had a purpose. It wasn't like... 
we stopped just to have a general chat about business. They'll, <laughs> you know, they'll fed into the next one. Yeah, so. yeah. And I think that's even more important in a highly produced show, isn't it? Because like a lot of interview shows these days, the, the episodes don't necessarily have a name. They're just the story behind somebody. Like I'll interview Matthew McLean and I'll talk about his, uh, how you got into audio drama and maybe a few lessons of what you learned along the way, what you're working on just now. You know, it's a big hodgepodge of it's just, it's interesting in a way because it's the story behind somebody, what they're doing, their interests, all that kind of stuff. But to do a good, highly produced show, you have to have a really solid aim, don't you? Like something you really want to achieve by the end of it, I think. Yeah, if it's it, certainly if it's part of a series. So like you say, the interview, the in-depth interview, it's like um, probably not part of a series. And when you start the next episode, it's like you're starting afresh again with yeah. a completely new main character. For, yeah. I mean, the interviewee, but the main character, if yes. you like. <laughs> so you start from afresh. But if you've got a season of highly produced podcasts, they, they should there should be a... A progression, shouldn't it? Yeah, they? yeah, they should link together. Aye, absolutely, yeah. So the aim for the whole series directs the narrative from episode to episode. So say you've got 10 episodes, the aim for the whole series directs how you take that story from episode to episode to episode, but then you've got an aim per episode, which directs how you piece together the different parts, the different interviews, the different bits of narration, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, someone definitely think about. It. I think that's that ties into the CTA, doesn't it? Your uh, call to action, basically, which is thinking about... I, I talked about converts, like the call to action there is go and have a look at our training comp, uh, our training course. So that's what we're doing. Every single episode is leading towards get them to go and look at this website page, which is about how to apply for the training course. Um, UKBS, the, what was the call to action in that? It was, it was really, it was kind of a showcase for our skills, isn't it? So our call to action in that was to get in touch with us to say, if you want to produce something similar. Yeah. In fact, each episode really, a call to action was to take that step, wasn't it? Like the first episode was how to plan out your business, how to validate it. So go and validate it. That was call to action. The second one, uh, I can't remember exactly the order, but say the structure, like whether you want to be a limited company, a sole trader. So it was like, now go away and decide on that. So yeah, there was a call to action per episode as well as the kind of wider, uh, get in touch with us yeah. <laughs> if you want more of this stuff. <laughs> I think the, uh, the journey of each episode as well, like the, the classic beginning, middle, end thing applies. Um, and a good example, I, I mentioned this morning, we were sitting in a cafe on our laptops, but that gave us a, an opportunity to sit down and sort of plan out the next uh, Hostile Worlds yeah, yeah, episode. Yeah. So Hostile Worlds is our highly produced show. Yeah. Um, and we're working with some guest writers now. But we're still involved in the content planning. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're planning an episode on Venus, yeah. and we kind of sat down with a list of things that are interesting about Venus, and then pulled out sort of two or three. You know, this this thing would be a good uh, point to start. This would be a really good focus for the middle. And then this yeah, would yeah. be a good finish. Yeah, and yeah. then your other stuff could fit in there as well. But yeah, you've yeah. got that like. You're making sure that when you sit down to write a script, you know where it's going. Yeah, you could yeah. obviously have some creative freedom with it, but mm -hmm. it's just good to have that framework to yeah. work from and yeah. think by the end of the episode, we want to have this nailed down. Yeah, yeah. And jumping, uh, even though there's a beginning, middle and an end, quite often you jump straight in to the middle of the real content, but bring it back yeah. to the middle. We talked a bit about that last time, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. So what about the the kind of what we're actually bringing into this then? So a pretty standard way to create a highly produced podcast is still with interviews, but using them in really clever ways, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> not just the whole thing, you know, just sticking in a half hour interview. Uh, so how do we go about that then? Well, 
you're going in to do maybe if you if you're pulling interviews into your show, you're probably going to do two or three or maybe even more interviews. Um, and we'll talk about like doing interviews in a future episode yeah, of yeah, the series. Yeah. But when you come back uh, and sit down with like all this audio, yeah, what we found really helpful was to firstly go and get them transcribed. So I think we used to we used to use Rev. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we use Trent. Trent's yeah. a, a machine, so it's not yeah. quite as. But yeah. but then we're just using it for information. Yeah. So yeah. it it does us fine. Yeah, we use a bit of both, don't we? So Rev, we tend to use. It's more expensive, but we use it for ones we're going to use as show notes. So yeah. if it needs to be published, Rev's better for quality. But Trent's great for just yeah. This is a a, a brief summary, basically, of what was covered. Mm. Yeah. So you sit down with you've got all these transcripts. So immediately you can. Uh, you've got a visual point of reference mm-hmm. without just these huge waveforms to, to sort of look through and mm-hmm. you don't know what's what. Mm-hmm. Um, and then categorising your answers is a good idea. So hopefully, you know, if you've planned your interviews, you've got specific questions, themes, you knew what you were wanting to get out the interviews. <coughs> and then you can sit down and you could maybe use like uh, colour coding or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one particular topic, you'll just highlight all these answers, red, um, another potential topic, you, you highlight them all yellow, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know that, like when when it comes to planning out your episodes, you know exactly what is available for you to to then pull in, yeah, and yeah. that's how you could get like a very basic script using yeah. quotes from your interviews. Yeah, yeah. I used to use, uh, yeah, colours work well. I used to use um, capital letters. So I'll go through the transcription and just use capital letter phrases. So it's themes almost. That's how I used to think about it. Like the UKBS ones, UK Business Startup Show particularly, there would be like, um, say, a, a loneliness. <laughs> so there, there was one of our episodes was around kind of the, the journey of starting your own business. So there was themes like loneliness, excitement, um, scared <laughs> you know those kind of themes so i would i would quite often use those uh and you would um and they're really really easy to go through and sort of skim and see those capital letter bits and that would make it stand out to me um i kind of do it i do it in a slightly different way now actually based on the software but we'll talk about that in a wee while won't we the software we're going to use but but yeah that idea of categories for the segments and themes even for the sort of larger segments too. I think that works really well for for the first pass, isn't it? So the, so what we're talking about here is you get your transcript through, you've got the interview, then you've got to process it, don't you? You've got to process it, see what's there so that you can start to actually piece it together into a journey. So this is your first pass to categorise and stuff, theme and stuff, so that um, you then know what you've got to work with that you can then build a script around. Yeah, Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I even, uh, not to dwell too much on the point, but I even did this in a really old school way when I did my dissertation at uni yeah. a few years ago, um, where I, I printed everything out, all the interviews that I had, and actually cut them up. All so right. I had like physical cards, yeah. if you like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I kind of moved them around to get them in a, a flow, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it gave me a good idea in my head of where I wanted to go with yeah, it. Yeah. That's so, cool, yeah. Yeah, if you want to go old school, you can you can do that. <laughs> Aye, yeah. I mean, this is, it's funny, isn't it? Because there's, there's a few different orders we could have tackled this, because you, you mentioned the fact that we're, we're going to talk about actually doing the interviews later, because that's more how we do it now, isn't it? Like we plan a show first we kind of think about the journey first so that we have almost a rough script of what we want to get and then go and do the interviews because it makes it much 
more likely you're going to get the good content. Mm. But then again, in the olden days, like when we did UK Business Startup, actually that started with the interviews, didn't it? Yeah. So that was like where we just went out and interviewed eight or nine people. We didn't have much of a plan uh, and came home and just started processing it by categories, by themes. That took way longer though, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it needed to be planned yeah, out in yeah, advance of yeah. the interviews. Yeah, yeah. But then I, I, there's probably a place for both though, isn't there? Like... There will be places, there'll be people out there who want to produce a highly produced podcast where they don't know what the answer is. They're like, I want to go in and see, you know, I want to investigate um, this, uh, you know, community who have a strange religion or, you know, something unusual um, that you want to investigate and you don't actually know much about it. And you have to go in and just spend the time to get four or five hours worth of of interviews and then come back and theme them and all that kind of stuff. So I suppose it depends how much you know about it. Yeah, and the other thing as well is that um, you could have all the planning in the world, but if you sit down and do an interview with somebody and something really interesting comes up, yes, <laughs> you don't want to say, "Oh, you know, we're not going to cover that," because yeah, yeah. it might you might yeah. actually think, "Well, here's a here's a great episode," yeah. um, and it comes out the blue. Yeah, so yeah. don't be too dogmatic. Have yeah, your yeah. have your plan, but don't be afraid to to change things up if, if the opportunity arises. Yeah, totally. So I suppose that's why right now we tend to try and plan. A rough outline. We th- we want we know where we want it to go initially, but it's it's not like hugely detailed planned. It's we have an idea of what we want the interviewees, what we want to get out of the interviewees, but we're open to those sidelines along yeah. the way. Yeah, cool. Okay, so that is the planning aspect of it. Let me just jump into. Uh, a wee bit more about audio blocks. So another thing that audio blocks do well is uh, sound effects. So I mentioned the fact that they've got music, they've got loops, they've got sound effects. Sound effects are something that we work with a lot. Well, you work with particularly on your audio dramas, don't you? Um, now, <laughs> tell me about the basketball. What was the what was the basketball? Uh, the basketball, that was at the start of the first episode of Hostile Worlds. That was when I was doing this sort of visualisation thing. So asking the listener to imagine themselves on a street and there were some parked cars and they were holding a basketball. And when I mentioned basketball, I just uh, stuck a sound of like a basketball bouncing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, various things I mentioned, I just uh, sprinkled these sound effects yeah, yeah. in. And they were very subtle, but yeah, I yeah. think it's just enough in the listener's mind to kind of help them conjure up these yeah, yeah. visions rather than just a dry narrative on yeah. a music bed it was really simple wasn't it it was literally just a bouncing basketball wouldn't it have taken you long to put it in there not even long to process or anything like that just a simple wee addition just made it pop wasn't it it was like suddenly instead of just listening to somebody talk about it you were imagining it so much more clearly because of the sound effect in the background yeah yeah so we use these type of things quite often especially on drama type shows but there's no reason you couldn't add these in to uh, a total factual show uh, an interview show just to you know highlight something it's just that extra polish i mean we're talking about highly produced podcasts just now and and there's ways to make a kind of we talked about a bit in the last episode about doing a light version of that you know just a few little additions maybe an extra a couple of beds a couple of loops in the background or an effect like this like a little effect every now and again that just highlights a really important point and that's the kind of thing you get on audio blocks so audio blocks have got tons of these um i had a search through it earlier on and i found uh, there was a doors section so like here say you're telling a story of somebody and they um they opened a door to a new you know uh, journey or something you know even if it's a business show they're opening the door to their own business or something like that you put a door 
effect in there it just yeah. makes it pop out and they had absolutely dozens of door effects <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so pop over to audioblocks.com uh to check them out audioblocks.com forward slash podcraft that's a-u-d-i-o-b-l-o-c-k-s dot com slash podcraft and you can get a seven day free trial so you can get in there and check out all the sound effects see if there's anything that would uh, suit your show to really kind of polish it up enhance it a little bit um before you jump in and take the full subscription all right so next thing was uh, actually writing up the script really so the first few things i don't know there's something around a voice the voice in here isn't there the thing i always find people fall down with scripts is that they tend to write like they write rather than write how they speak yeah yeah <laughs> so i guess it, it comes down to like are you presenting it yourself as well yeah because you yeah. don't have to present it yourself yes you could uh, get somebody else to do it but yeah writing in a conversational manner is obviously important um i suppose there might be exceptions to that you know uh, yeah yeah depending on your style but yeah. um if you're if you're not narrating it yourself it's important i think to involve the person who is yeah and let them you know familiarize themselves with the script and suggest changes as well yeah, because yeah. if they if they can't comfortably say what you've written yeah, you know, it, yeah. it's much better if it sounds natural so yes. try yeah. to involve them reading it out a lot before you, you sit down to record it yeah yeah definitely Aye, if you if you can read it to somebody we've been doing that with our scripts recently haven't we we've just been reading it not like trying to act it out because it's a it's a drama that we're doing uh, talking about hostile worlds here so it's a drama but even not trying to act it out particularly but just to read it yeah. over roughly just to see if it, if we stumble over any particular words mm. uh, and i think that's important with a narration as well isn't it because you want a narration to sound really natural um if you can get there's shows that do that really well isn't there like you they're obviously scripted like planet money do this brilliantly i think they obviously have scripted intros but it sounds natural it sounds like they're just having a conversation because they're really good at doing it and it's written in a speaking voice so yeah, yeah worthwhile doing um what about <laughs> the stuff that you quite often fall over, like uh, like no, words that you don't recognise and stuff like that? You've got a couple of tricks there, don't you? Yeah, I think with uh, things like uh, numbers, dates, etc. So if I, um, and this has happened in the past, I've, I've written a script and I've maybe got a date in there, a year in there. So I've got 2017 uh, and it's 2017. Yeah. So yeah. I get one actor saying 2017, I get another yeah. actor saying 2017. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is like money. So, you know, 4,400 4, or, or, you know, 4,400, yeah, things like that. Yeah. Uh, dates as well. So spelling them out like writing them out as words websites as well urls you yeah, know yeah. just write it out slash literally yeah. writing slash yeah um yeah. <laughs> it just it makes sure that you're getting a a consistency in there yeah um yeah. even if you're only sending it to one narrator you know we've all done it they might uh, read read the date as one thing and then read it as another yeah yeah, yeah. On. so if you just spell it all out that takes that takes that out of the yeah, equation yeah, it's a small thing but it's, it's worth doing yes definitely cool <laughs> all right on to the narration itself um what about i mean how, how do you think about putting narration into a highly produced show yeah, so you're you're looking at the when you've selected the the quotes that you want to use, you're looking at how those quotes start. Or, quotes from the interviews you're talking about. Yeah, here, yeah. the interviews yeah. quotes. Sorry. So, like, how do they start? Yeah. Um, is somebody answering a question? So an example might be like you know, 
this is popularly believed, um, but Sue disagrees, and yeah. then we cut into Sue disagreeing. Or, uh, you know, yeah. I asked uh, David about such and such, and then it just cuts straight into his answer. So it's just about um, how do you set these clips up with the narration? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I find actually I, I often tend to write too much uh, first, so I'll do a first pass on it, and I'll I'll say things like, yeah, David, David told me that uh, he thought this about that, and actually... You don't even need that. Um, you just really quick and easy, like here's David's thoughts, or you know, you need you often need less than you think. And actually, in more recent ones, I've put something in, and then I've just taken it out entirely and just trusted that you know the person is explaining it well enough. They yeah, don't need, you don't need any explanation. But yeah, sometimes it became quite the way I think it works well is if you use it to shorten um, sections. So maybe you've got like a thirty second interview clip that's really good but actually the first 10 seconds is maybe um or 10 15 seconds or something is uh slow so you can introduce it you can just say a quick like two or three second intro to it that explains that first half and jumps straight into the meaty bit so sometimes i think narration works well for that it's just for picking out the really important parts and just giving some context around it another thing is to uh, take something like that the interviewee said even in a non-linear fashion, like a quick quote and then it cuts to you introducing them and then it yeah. cuts. So like, for example, <clears throat> I'm presenting a show on, on podcasting and it cuts to a clip from Colin saying, I think Podcraft's the best podcast in the world. <laughs> and then it cuts back to me yeah. saying, uh, this is Colin Gray from the podcast host. And then it cuts <laughs> into you, you know, making the extended point. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it just, it lets you hear the person's voice. Uh, it captures the attention of the listener. Then you introduce them. Then it goes back to them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you could do that kind of um, that little cutaway, it's quite nice. Uh, you had a you had a little bugbear about introductions on interviews as well, don't you? Yeah, and this applies <laughs> to your your sort of standard podcast too. So, like, uh, I spend a bit of time introducing Colin and then cut into the interview, and it's me talking again. I'm still not out of the way, and I'm introducing <laughs> Colin again. Or you know, like um, when you're setting up a an interview, you can in your intro narration ask the first question that you asked. You know, I yeah, asked Colin yeah. about this, and it cuts yeah. straight into your answer. Yeah, because that's what you find as well. Somebody might say that, and then it cuts into the interview, and they ask the question yeah. twice, or yeah, they yeah. introduce the guest twice. Yeah. So, yeah. it's about like you want to be succinct. Yeah. Uh, so you're talking about a pre-recorded intro. So yeah. you, you do your interview, you go away, you record the intro to that interview. But then often people leave in the kind of the welcome bit at the start of the interview itself anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they say in, in radio, this goes back to my old radio training, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. When, when there's a transition, it should never be the same person. There, there should never okay. be a transition from one person to the same person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's just a bit of a no-no in radio. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So instead, you could say, "Welcome to the show." Blah blah blah. On this show, we've got um, Matthew McLean. He's an audio drama specialist. Blah blah blah. blah. Uh, so let's cut straight to the interview where Matthew starts off by uh, talking about uh, how he got into audio drama. Yeah. Transition, and it's straight into your answer to yeah. my question about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cutting out my question. Yeah, itself. and yeah. the wrong example of that would be it cutting to you saying, so how did you get an audio drama? <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. Redundant. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so 
So even if you're not doing a fully, like a really highly produced show, little techniques like that can start to make it, you know, more highly produced, more yeah. polished. <laughs> Just sort of, um, yeah, there was a guy, um, Brian, uh, the real Brian, who used to do Profit Cast. He did that really well. He always actually asked the question. He didn't, he didn't say, here, we're going to cut to that. He said, so what I just said, you know, welcome to the show. On this show, we've got Matthew McLean, background audio drama. So welcome to the show, Matthew. And that was in the pre-recorded bit. And then that would cut straight into you saying, hey, thanks for having me. Um, so it was as if it was all seamless. It was as if you were there in the background yeah. while I was doing that three-minute intro. Yeah. When you weren't, obviously, that was pre-prepared. So I that's think, nice and I polished. Think Brian, he had a, a radio background, I think. He did, yeah, so yeah. He came from that, yeah. yeah. He's uh, very Aye. polished. He was probably used presenter. to that. Still is, as far <laughs> yeah. as I know. Indeed. Yeah, no, he's just doing a different show now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so in terms of the actual script, like we're talk, we talked about kind of how it would go together, how you're setting up the themes, maybe a bit about how you're putting together a narration. What about how we actually create the physical script? Um, like, uh, like what, what does it, what does it look like when you send a script to somebody? My scripts are, uh, <laughs> my scripts aren't actually the best. Like my audio <laughs> drama scripts. I mean, I'd like to think the the content's good, but. I'm still a, a Word document Luddite. <laughs> and my reason for that is simply because I don't want to procrastinate learning uh, yeah. Scrivener or, or I don't know if it's Celtics or Celtics. Oh, I don't um, know. I've never heard that one. I've rarely he- he- heard it uh, read out, but <laughs> I know that they, they're both very highly thought of script really? writing tools. Yeah. Not just scripts, but any kind of writing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, one thing that I've uh, did to, to make the process easier is to use a lot of numbering. Um, and I don't always do this, but when I do, it makes my life easier. Yeah, so yeah. page numbers is the obvious one. That's yeah. a no-brainer. Just being able to tell somebody, you know, there's been a, a mistake on page eight. Yeah, um, yeah. But also numbering every chunk of text. Okay. So, yeah. like, you could you could number your uh, narration. Uh, you could call it 1A, 1B, mm-hmm, 1C. Mm-hmm. Um interview one could be like 2a 2b 2c and so on so that way it's easier for you especially if you're working in a team or just with one other person Uh producer or narrator just to uh, help talk about it when you're needing to shift things around you can refer to exactly the right place everyone isn't yeah completely clear what you're talking about when you say can you record this bit please yeah (laughs) yeah so just uh, coming up with a system to to number everything so that you can find it easy yeah, that's cool. So you haven't used uh, Celtics, however you say it? No, I've never used uh, Celtics or Scrivener. Like I yeah, say, yeah, I, yeah. I know that I would, in the long run, benefit from using them, but uh, I just, uh, when I sit down to write, I just want to be writing. Yeah, so. yeah, totally. Aye. So, yeah, you've sc- been using it, haven't, haven't you? Yeah, Scrivener, certainly. Yeah, I, I bought Scrivener years ago when I was doing my uh, my PhD actually because it was it's for writing bigger documents and I'd heard it was great for putting together something like that but I've recently been using it for scripting and it was brilliant actually because so the, the the few things that w- work for me are the fact that you can have to so you can have much more documents you can have a bit more structure there so you can have folders so I've got my main working document I can have a folder which is say scene one folder which is scene two a folder which is scene three so take the I keep talking about the Converge podcast because it's basically what I'm working on just now but that the first episode had four scenes really in the first episode Uh, the first was how they came up with their idea how the second was, um, what was the first step they took towards their idea? Third was what help did they get along the way? And then there was, um, 
how did they get how did they then come to apply for Converse Challenge? So that was the three theme that was the four themes and they worked out as scenes. And I had a page within Scrivener for each of them. So it's really well organized in that way and you can reorder stuff quite well too. You can also big thing it's got is it's got split screen. So you can quite easily open up two different things. So I had the full transcript for each interviewee open on one half of the screen and then I had the scene open on the other half of the screen. I can really easily draw stuff from one screen to the other and kind of play around with the order and never have to lose bits of the transcript. It's always there to pull across or to take back or, you know, to cut stuff out. I had a cuts page as well, so mm. I could put stuff into the cuts page. So it was still in the right theme, still in the right scene, but actually it was, I'm not going to include this, but I'm not totally sure. <laughs> so I can go back and I can still see the stuff that I'd put in that theme. So that was really useful. Um, you can have you, like loads of stuff outside of the working document too. So like notes, uh, maybe some reminders for yourself. You can have notes on the top level of each page so that you can actually see a little introduction, what's going to be included in this. It's just, you know, when you're doing it in a Word doc, you end up like scrolling back and forth from page 12 to page 18 to page yeah. five, like copy and pasting things around as you're changing the narrative. But because you can have the two things open, you can have all these separate pages. It's so easy to navigate around a script. Um and, and just sort of put it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also the fact that, you know, it, it does the formatting for you automatically. I'm sure yeah. you can get Word to do this for you as well, to be fair. But like you press return, for example, and you can type in the person's name um, and it does that automatically in capitals. You press tab and it jumps across the page to the the first tab and then it's into lowercase and you do the actual dialogue. Mm-hmm. And then if you press return twice, I think it was, it does a little scene break. So you can do a, it formats it differently. So it formats it like you'd see a professional script, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then when you compile it, it puts it all together and it looks like an actual real script. So, mm-hmm. you know, you send this out to somebody and it's always in the same format. It always looks clear. It's easy for them to read through. They can see exactly what their parts are. Um I'm sure you can probably even get it to number the sections that you were talking about as well, automatically. Yeah. But I just, I'm, I'm finding it so much easier and clearer to work with bigger documents, basically. Yeah. Do that theming and moving around. And when you've got to do a lot of that sort of shifting stuff around and organising things in order, then yeah, it seems to work really well for me. Yeah, I mean, un- undoubtedly in the long run, spending time learning it is going to save time yeah, later on. Yeah. But it's... Uh, it's just getting getting yeah. through to that. It is not the most intuitive application. It's like, it, it's quite weird. There's a lot of features in there. There's a lot of stuff um, that I haven't used yet, but which are probably useful. I mean, it's for people writing big novels. Mm-hmm. So it's it's got a lot of things in there that is for that, but um, that apply really well to small stuff too. Alrighty. Anything else you want to cover on scripting, planning? No, I think that's uh, enough info for now um, oh. in this episode. But um, obviously plenty more episodes to come in this this series. Yeah, like we said, uh, we're going to cover interviewing. So actually delivering those interviews in future. And we'll we'll go into how we plan our interviews, like in terms of how it's based off our rough script, like how, how we know what we're looking for and a good way to... Or I suppose the hints and tricks we found around how to interview so that it takes less time to do that. Yeah. You know, sifting through for themes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right. Uh, So I'll just finish up by saying again, this episode is sponsored by Audioblocks, uh, which is a subscription service, gives you access to sound effects, music and loops to polish up your show. You can check them out at audioblocks.com forward slash podcraft. And yeah, great little service. Go and check them out. We use this type of service um, for all our music these days, don't we? Music subscription. Well, not all of it, but a great majority of our music and sound effects. So yeah, well worth a wee look. Um, 
Right. What do we know what we're doing in the next episode yet, Matthew? We do, don't we? I think we do, yeah. We do. Um it's it is recording, recording isn't it? And yeah. equipment. Yeah. So how to go about setting up um everything you need for actually putting together these episodes. Um and that ties in. If you are wanting more help with any of this stuff, so if you want help with recording equipment, which we're gonna cover next time, or even if you're thinking about planning a highly produced show, then we have all of our courses, all of our coaching and everything we do around this inside the podcast host academy that's where we offer our support so you can find all of the all of our stuff all of the free articles of podcasts over at thepodcasthost.com but if you want that individual help that in-depth help the courses and everything come to the academy on that site you can find it on thepodcasthost.com forward slash academy we'd love to see you there otherwise that'll do it for this time yeah yeah let's uh Get, get back to the uh, cafe put the, <laughs> the fire bell back on indeed <laughs> go back get a coffee come back and uh, record the next episode <laughs> alright thanks for spending time with us this week we'll talk to you next time bye